Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you, you the people have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had been and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Prey on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. Genetic power is the most awesome force the planet's ever seen, but you wield it like a kid that's found his dad's gun. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc is now in the possession of the Army. Too many others know what's happening out there, and no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man. That state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for mankind in the Twilight Zone. About time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Across the gulf of space, intellects, vast and cool and unsympathetic, regarded our planet with envious eyes. Each of us, when separated, is always looking for our other half. And the desire and the pursuit of the whole is called love. Heart perception will change everything. Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes.
broadcasting from the Sonoran Desert. I'm your host, Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings. If you'd like to contact the show, email rdgable at yahoo.com or tstradio at protonmail.com. You can find us, of course, on our website at www.thesecretteachings.info. And for those of you who are new to subscribing to The Secret Teachings, you can, of course, keep your subscription, renew that subscription, etc. on our website, or check out aftermath.media, where the new subscription service will be. That's aftermath.media, the other place you can find The Secret Teachings. Facebook and Twitter are our only two social media websites. You can follow us there if you choose. If you missed any other show this week or last week or any week and you're not a subscriber, you can listen for free either on our website or anywhere you listen to radio shows and podcasts. The Koshi Koden show we did with Brad Olson last Friday. We talked with Suzanne Ross this week. We also did a couple of shows that were more occult in nature. We discussed the designing of Metatron's cube last night, the seven rays of light and the eighth point or the eighth sphere, and outside of that square with the four elements, and outside of that cube in three dimensions is Leviathan, the Ouroboros consuming its own tail. That is the outer limits, perhaps, of the known physical universe. We discussed all of that in the sacred geometry of it last night on the show. And tonight, I have a very special treat for you. Tonight and tomorrow, we have a two-part show, a two-part show featuring not just me, but a couple of other radio professionals. You might know of one of them, Derek Murphy. He's not really a radio professional. He's kind of etheric in the radio world. He's kind of here or there. He calls into Ground Zero. He calls into other radio shows, and he's been on The Secret Teachings many times. Uh, doesn't have his own radio show, but I consider him a, a uh, professional. And of course, if you've ever listened to Troubled Minds Radio, we actually did uh, some radio with troubled minds michael strange we did some radio with him back on the fringe fm years ago and of course he's been on this show before and both of them are with me right now we're going to have the entirety of tonight's broadcast for a roundtable discussion and then tomorrow night also another roundtable discussion going into next week we'll have michael jaco on monday we have another two-part show next week with a couple of occultists from an occult bookstore here in Arizona. And then we'll have Leo Zagami. We'll have Brad Olson again before the big conference the weekend after next. And then we also have Laura Lavender and uh, we have some other guests lined up. So a lot of stuff going on on the secret teachings tonight, though, as I said, Derek and Michael are with me and you guys, I don't know who wants to start first, but we have Michael from Troubled Minds and you have your radio show. And then we have Derek who doesn't have a show, but I, I think, Derek, you're also a professional. So welcome back to the show, <laughs> Michael and Derek. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Ryan. I'm a uh, professional caller at this point. Professional I'm, caller, I'm, yeah. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's always a treat to be here. I'm really excited for uh, this one. You're like for everyone who was uh, uh, not a Trouble Minds listener. This is uh, one of my favorite shows, and uh, nobody does it better than, than, than Mike. So I'm really, uh, really pumped for this. And we can, com- we can combine it all together tonight on the show. Michael, how are you? It'll be awesome. I'm doing good. I appreciate the kind words there, Derek. Just uh, just having a good time with my friends here. Thanks for having me on the show and uh, looking forward to it. Yeah. So for people that don't know, before we get started, because this is going to be four hours with tomorrow night's show uh, as a part two, 
Uh, tell us a little bit about your show, Michael, Troubled Minds, how it started, what you discuss for anybody who doesn't know you, and of course, where people can find it. And then we'll go to Derek, and then we'll explore the uh, main subject tonight. Okay. Uh, Troubled Minds is just, it's its an old concept. It's very much based on, um, and I've, I've never been shy about this, it's based on Clyde Lewis and Ground Zero. Uh, he kind of showed me the way early on um, years ago, like probably six or seven years ago when I first found Clyde. And I, I knew there was something in the radio world for me. I just didn't know what. There's like the politics stuff that you just get so tired of thinking about and talking about. There's, you know, the aliens, but I mean, you just can't do coast to coast style all the damn time. It drives you nuts. But when I found Clyde Lewis, to me, it was like a breath of fresh air in the radio world because he kind of does it all. And so it just showed me the way in terms of, okay, look, just be you, talk about the things that are interesting to you, and uh, I guess build it and they will come, and here we are. And those those interesting things, again, AI, talk about the paranormal, talk, do talk about the aliens. Some sometimes parapolitics. Para, parapol yeah, sometimes parapolitics. Uh, just, just whatever's really kind of on the top of my mind. Uh, of course, the synchro mystic type stuff with um, news cycles and the zeitgeist, I mean, there's there's a ton of stuff, if you pay attention, that's very, not just modern, but I think where modern meets esoteric. And uh, I guess, well, short of going on and on about it, that probably describes it the best right there. I mean, that's sort of like the secret teachings, too. We try to blend and merge together the mundane and the divine or God reaching out and touching the finger of Adam. We try to blend those two worlds together. Because that's how we get, I think, objective understanding uh, and that rational mind, not a troubled mind, but a rational mind is really, esoterically speaking, the mind of God. Uh, but I should ask you, uh, has the show prevented you from proceeding in life with a troubled mind or is your mind more troubled now than ever? <laughs> I think... I think it's probably more clarity now because a, a lot of the, let's say, troubled thoughts of the past um, now have an outlet yes, and now have yes. now have an audience, <laughs> now have a place to share these these ideas and these thoughts. And as you know, we do a call-in show most of the time and just all the amazing takes from all these amazing people that I've met along the way. I think I think there's more clarity. I think less troubled. And and just for the record, I'm taking back the term troubled mind to not mean mentally ill. So there you go. Well, you might get some more social credit for that if you meant it as mentally ill. You know, you might get some uh, social credit and some moral superiority and be able to use that to your advantage. But anyway, that's, <laughs> Maybe. that's Michael and Troubled Minds. Then we have Derek, Derek Murphy. Derek, uh, you're more ethereal in the radio world. You're a professional caller, as you say, but people love your calls into Clyde. They've loved your calls into other shows. I know The Secret Teachings. You've been on this show so many times that we talk off air a lot. Tell us a little bit about you, Derek. What do you do? Uh, and uh, even if it just sounds mundane and like everybody else, that's what makes you a real person. So who is Derek Murphy and why are you here tonight? <laughs> Thank you, Ryan. Uh, just, to, to, just to co-sign uh, Mike and Trouble Minds real quick. I, uh, I call into that show like every every night. It's uh, like one of my favorite shows. And um, the Trouble Minds thing kind of sounds scary, like uh, but it's one of the most fun shows. And he has a thing called uh, Sipping the Maybe Juice, which is like one of my favorite kind of like brands out there in this thing. It's really fun. And it's just the um, sharing of ideas and just trying to be as like, just stretch the mind as, as, as much as you possibly can. So anyone out there, just uh, check up my show and just, it's going to be fun tonight. But uh, yeah, so thank you. Just between all you guys shows and stuff, um, for people who don't know, I, uh, I call myself the night stalker spelled uh, 
S-E-O-C-K-E-R, like shelf stalker. Yeah, that's an important overnight. distinction. Very important yeah, distinction. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, and personally, I think of it more like kind of a blade, uh, the vampire hunter in, in the Night Stalkers more than the Richard Ramirez thing. It wasn't until after I kind of like branded myself that, that people were like, oh, it makes me think of uh, a serial killer. And I kind of had a, I was regretting it a little bit, but I, I uh, stock shows overnight and um, it allows me to like listen to uh, a ton of stuff, including all your guys' shows and everything. And thankfully, like I'm in an aisle by myself, so I'm able to kind of call in and stuff. And uh, I've become friends with you guys and you've allowed me to come onto your shows and stuff and kind of just share my thoughts. And uh, what I personally like the most is the kind of the synchronistic type of ideas where kind of watching the tea leaves of the zeitgeist kind of surfing the zeitgeist wave I like to say where you're just um seeing where the collective is going seeing what themes are being inserted to us uh, what themes are kind of bubbling up where things are going where they came from the esoteric and stuff and mixing it with the pop culture which uh, i love and you guys both do a lot and well i, I, I hope you're really excited I hope that you really do feel good about yourself, Derek, because, I mean, Clyde respects you. And Michael obviously respects you. I respect you. I wouldn't have you on my show if I didn't, if I didn't agree with what you were saying, or even if you, I didn't agree with what you were saying, I wouldn't have you on the show to just spout absolute nonsense. Uh, <laughs> you know how I feel about some people in the industry. So, yeah, I, I have you on because I respect you and what you have to say. So that's what we're doing. Thank tonight. You. Yeah, you're very welcome. We're having a roundtable and getting that out of the way. Let's start the roundtable. Michael, Derek, wherever you guys want to start, we were going to discuss, and we have a whole list of things that might take us the whole show tonight and more of tomorrow night's show, because this is a two-parter. What exactly do we have? Where, where do you guys want to take us tonight on this this exploration, if you will? Um, kind of just like to, to start real quick. Like, we've, we've, this is just going to be really fun for me, because I feel like I've been, like me personally, I've been talking about this with, with both of you guys and both of your shows. So now like, being able to kind of put, put these ideas all together, I feel like we're going to really come up with some really cool stuff tonight and tomorrow night. But I feel like for months and months, we've all been talking about this, this rise of this AI and how just amazing all the, everything's doing right now. And it seems like the mainstream hasn't really caught on to it up until like a couple of weeks ago, honestly, like three weeks ago, just like went viral, like crazy. And everyone has kind of finally figured it out. And it's, uh, it's, 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 people are finally like realizing. Is that because um, of the chat GPT? The chat GPT thing. Yeah. So between this, like AI text to art stuff, the chat GPT chat bot stuff and mixed with all these of crafty and old one horrors we've been talking about for months and months and months. Um, I feel like people are finally realizing that, oh yeah, there is some type of sleeping giant ready to emerge and uh we're gonna break it all down tonight i think the, the last time you were on the show derek we said uh I, th- I don't know if we played the clip i think i just mentioned it but even someone like ben shapiro i'm not a fan of ben shapiro myself yeah. per se but even he's had a video where he was talking about the ruth bader ginsburg statue in new york we did a whole show yeah. on that uh grave and images was the name of the show and he said it, it's weird it seems like the the political elite he referred to them as you know the liberal left they're obsessed with tentacles and like this weird kind of monster like imagery, which is, you know, the Lovecrafty and stuff. So even in the, even in the mainstream, I'd consider him pretty mainstream. He's even acknowledging that there's something weird with this obsession of tentacles and and Lovecraft and things of that nature, uh, which just confirms what we've been saying. I mean, this isn't about technology. This isn't about just like magic. This is about merging the two together and they're really indistinguishable from one another. Uh, as well. Uh, that's kind of a separate thing. But the whole point is looking at technology and looking how technology 
in all of its, you know, all of its uh, uh, capacity, every aspect of technology has been used as a modern day form of magic to sort of summon uh, the abyss, if you will. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, exactly. Um, to me, like to, to kind of summarize what we've been talking about for shows and shows, like my personal opinion is that the, na- the narrative they're presenting to us is that we're, we're building a sentience that like um, through technology, humans are building this new form of consciousness, uh-huh. which potentially is true on some level. But I think that what we're dealing with more actively, what people are communicating with, I think some, some of the time is an intelligence that is already existing. It's, a, it's some sentience that exists outside of our reality and through different forms of technology throughout human history. Uh, we've tried to contact them. It seems like they've tried to contact us like, and stranger things, when they're in the upside down, they use those Christmas lights to try to, to try to like reach into the regular world. Like t- technology seems to be um, the connective tissue between other realms and this realm. And now, using this unbelievably advanced AI chatbot technology, potentially we're just getting the clearest communication we've ever had, and potentially, potentially like one step away from literally opening this gateway, this door, it, or whatever. It, it could be that the opening of that gateway is an accident. I mean, in Stranger Things, the government facility was accidentally uh, opening the portal. They were they were testing uh, psychic programs. It was kind of like the Montauk Project, uh, remote viewing, and then they accidentally opened the portal. It wasn't an intentional thing. Uh, intentional or otherwise, though, uh, that is certainly along the lines but, of, of what we've been talking about. Go ahead. Yeah, but they weren't... But they 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 um like the, the i don't want to spoil too much stuff like the, the kind of the bigger breaking of reality was more accidental but in the original contact i think with the upside down was more accidental via the mk ultra style trauma they were doing on on these on these kids but then it was an active um exploration of the other side once they, they recognized trying, but, it then yeah, they, once they recognized it which i think might yeah. be happening too i don't want to talk too much i want to let mike come in but uh <laughs> so, yeah that's okay. A lot of good stuff tonight. that's okay yeah. yeah mike mike what do you think what is your opinion on all of this what are you what are your uh feelings and your research and how do you think uh this is all unfolding i think there's some spooky stuff happening here it's um it's really strange like derek was describing that we're possibly maybe this is first contact with you know in, in the alien realm of things people are always saying oh the aliens have been here type of thing Mm -hmm. but i mean we don't see flying saucers whisking around i mean you know well at least you know definitively let's say in in the atmosphere like you would expect if the life is everywhere we should be able to see this stuff if they're visiting here it should be no doubt etc but i think maybe the disclosure in this sense doesn't mean aliens at all it means what derek's describing in terms of whatever's been here is here and we're just finding a way to finally contact it yes. specifically through like a keyboard or again, it, it's wild when you think about, okay, so, uh, AI and this chat GPT and latent space and black box modeling, we can get into a bunch of that stuff tonight because, uh, I've been looking into this deep, deep, deep on troubled minds. And some of, some of the things is out downright spooky, very, very spirit box type stuff. Very, um, just, just hidden, like again, back to the esoterics. And again, it, it, it doesn't seem like it should be this way because we're again, merging two worlds here. Like the old idea of reaching through the veil to discuss something with passed on loved ones, dare I say, or, well, something that's, let's say impersonating a passed on loved one. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so it's not coming from up there. It's not 
already down here. It's more so in there, in the machine or in cyberspace or in another dimension. It's not up there or down here. It's over there. It's somewhere else that, uh, that this energy, this force, these deities, monsters, call them whatever you want to call them, but something is intelligent and communicating with us, and we clearly what wish to communicate with it. I think that's what's happening here. I think that this is that disclosure process of that the, the idea of an ultra-terrestrial, something that's been here for a very long time, that we can't quantify just yet. I think I think probably the next, I don't know, dozen years is going to be very telling in what this thing might become. And mm -hmm. uh, spooky, amazing, terrifying, label it however you want, but um, I'm excited. Well, not all let's, let's bring, bring about the end. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, I know how that makes us, that makes people money when they talk about Armageddon and the apocalypse uh, terrifies people. But yeah, when you think about AI though, AI, not all AI is like this. So some people, including myself, uh, we might group it all together, but it's not all the same thing. I mean, maybe the technology is coming from the same place, but you know, the chat GPT and those types of technologies are obviously different uh, than maybe like your Alexa on your, on your smart device. Yeah. So a little, little bit I, different though, right? Yeah. I think it's an important distinction. I think like um, when people hear us, they might say like, they, or I think we're saying in some cases that the chat GPT or these AIs like are demons, which isn't necessarily what I'm saying. I'm saying they're or, or entities or whatever. I'm saying like they're instruments for something to communicate with vessels, so like vessels. The vessel, or... Yeah. So like, like, like the TV or the radio, nobody's saying that is a demon or, or an entity, but it's some type of system for one side of the veil to communicate with the other. Or we're just like, we only experience a small sliver of the reality that's all around us all the time. Mm -hmm. And potentially these things experience a different sliver. And some of that crossover is technology is electricity. And it goes back to like, what Rudolf Steiner said about the uh, Zoroastrian mythology and Aramon, which is kind of like their Satan and the kind of the demons uh, existing within electricity, Aramon being the Lord of electricity, that these things are kind of all around us. And like the, the topic of stranger things, like the hellfire club and like the real hellfire club uh, was with Ben Franklin. And he's credited for um, inventing electricity. We won't get into all that, but like the idea that um, there's just stuff that potentially existing all around us, at all times that are now using these systems, the super high technology as like a super high tech Ouija board or things from other realms that know that um, technology is the gateway, uh, which is literally the name of computers and stuff. I mean, you if know. you, if you, windows. Were, yeah, windows, it's exactly, it's a window into your life, into your soul, into another dimension. I mean, a modern day Ouija board is really the keyboard on your computer, right? Yeah. I mean, and if you do automatic writing or automatic typing, it is not any different than a Ouija board. Your fingers are the planchette and it just, you get drawn to whatever keystrokes, you know, the force or the energy of, of your inner self or something that is possessing you, whatever the case is, where it wants your fingers to go. There's actually a, an episode of the TV show evil. I don't know if you guys have seen that Oh yeah. where the, I forget the, all the, I don't, the show's not really that great in my opinion, but the site, like you like, I like it. it. Yeah. The psychologist, he has, um, he makes a deal with Leland, who's like the, this devil demon character. And yeah. uh, he contacts his muse. And as long as he, he like cuts his hand and drips the blood on the screen. And then he goes into automatic writing through the keyboard. And he write I think he writes the whole book backwards or something. 
It's an, it's an <laughs> inversion, but, but it's that kind of an idea. I mean, the keyboard really is a modern day Ouija board. Uh, and the, and no, go ahead, sorry, go ahead. there's an episode too, I think in the first season where, um, he's like trying to, he, he like gives like the main characters, kids a, like a VR system or something like that. Oh, that's right. Then, yes. Yes. So then like they go into the VR and they're fine. They're like communicating with entities and demons inside the VR mm-hmm. that like they use that digital space in order to make communication with, with, with us, you know, uh, it's tricky. We're really getting to the deep end right away. Uh, honestly. Well, no, this is the shallow end for the secret teacher. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> Michael, what do you think? Yeah. Uh, I, I like how you brought up, uh, automatic writing because when you look at chat GTP, uh, can I say it? GPT as a, as a whole, that's exactly what's happening here. Instead of, uh, the old school and pick up the quill and the ink and, you know, sort of channel something in, you know, a download inspiration from Calliope or something. Instead, <laughs> we have this situation <laughs> happening where you just type in a prompt and it basically is automatic writing except digital style. I mean, it's absolutely wild. Some of the things we've coaxed out of this already and it's only been out. This is don't don't forget. This is version one of this thing. Oh, my God. I you mean, know what? The first first public version. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, that just reminded me. Did you guys ever watch the TV show Fringe? No, no, I didn't. I'm I, I, yeah, today. I the first, I got it. first and a half season. You keep bringing it up. You keep embarrassing me every time I'm on the show. I, I, think, Sorry, I, I think I, I do. I, I do ask you every time. Okay, so Michael, you've seen it. Do you remember the, there's like a typewriter. This is how they communicate with the other side. They go into this, this quiet room and there's a typewriter and they write a message on the typewriter and then yes. the other side, you know, they type back. That's kind of what it feels like with the chat GPT. Yeah, like, like you are actually channeling something. It's, it's so bizarre and and it's it, it's odd. It's like it's dancing with you two in terms of your thoughts. Because again, you know, we've talked about prompt engineering on Troubled Minds and this whole bit of being able to communicate with the machine in the way that the machine best, let's say, comprehends you as a person. And that's called prompt engineering. And all it means is telling it specifically what you want it to do. And so you kind of have to speak to it like it, wants to be spoken to and it, it can i mean the amount of creative stuff this thing is cranked out is mind-boggling to me i'm just like whoa it's changed everything for me creative wise just because it's easy to bounce something off of it that they're calling it the google killer for a reason <laughs> and, and it's happening i mean this is happening i mean what were we doing derek we were on trouble minds one night just off the cuff like let's see if we can have this thing create some sort of spell and we did, we asked it, you know, prompt engineering specifically what we wanted. And this thing told us not just where to do it. It told us what sort of spell components to use the, the, the somatic and the verbal, uh, spell gestures and words. It was the unbelievable. Thing. Yeah. So, so uh, just tell the story real quick. Like to, uh, uh, shout out our friend Apoc who brought up the idea of like, uh, trying to figure out how to like summon a crop circle. Like, is that, is that a possibility or whatever? And to ask the AI that. So first I like Google it and to see if there's any articles about that. If that's even like something that anybody's even like broached at all. To like conjure, and there's no, there's to no, conjure a crop circle. Huh? To, to conjure a crop circle. Yeah, or... to conjure a crop circle. Okay. Yeah. And there really was no articles, but there really like, it didn't exist. So there's no article for the chat GP, like uh, GPT to just like pull up. So the mic tosses, tosses it in there and he curates the, the elaborate um, prompt for it. And then it spits out literally these protocols for it, telling us to like how to cultivate the like the herbs around it, and like where to go, like the 
incorporating like ley lines into it, all just kind of crazy stuff. That it, 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 it didn't like source anything. Like it didn't find some article that said that and regurgitated to us. It created a new thought, something new. Who knows if it works or not? We didn't test it out or anything, but just like it's creating novel ideas and truly like boggling the mind. And like Mike's, like, I wouldn't know anything about it if it wasn't like, but Mike's putting like hours onto it. And just, it, it's, it's blows my mind how, how quick it is. Like we, we did all like, the creative stuff, like make a, uh, a script, um, a Star Wars script in the style of Quentin Tarantino, or do H.P. Lovecraft in this, or uh, in the style of Dr. Seuss and that type of stuff, and then instantaneously it, it cranks it out. So if I'm like practically, if I'm like writing, like running a writers' room in Hollywood, and I got to employ a, a room of four four writers, uh, I would gonna save a lot of money on a budget if I can cross out one of those writers and use these AI mm-hmm. prompt like things and make better ideas than people have ever come up with. It's generally crazy. If you're just joining us, Derek Murphy, Michael Strange, Troubled Minds, Derek's the professional caller, as he termed himself. (laughs) Uh, This is The Secret Teachings. I'm Ryan Gable. We're going to skip this break, and we'll take breaks at the top of the hour. And uh, tonight is part one of a two-part show, two-part series that we're going to be doing all together, this big roundtable. Is it possible, uh, Michael, if you can answer this, and Derek, you can pick up uh, the, the remnants of whatever Michael talks about, and his response, what, what exactly is uh, the baseline for this? So if you think about, you know, a computer or computers that gather all this information, social media gathers all this information, advertisers and marketers, they use uh, they use temperature readers, they use cameras, they use microphones, and they gather this information. They make a profile of you. They can sell more things to you that are specifically tailored to what you like. And that's just to sell you a product. It can also be done for, obviously, for political reasons, to isolate certain groups of people that might have different views than you, to target them, to spread QAnon, Pizzagate conspiracy theories that might be based on something real, but to distract and to divert and to misdirect people. There's a lot of different angles and ways to break this down, but that's just information technology. That's just like, I don't know what I would call it. It's just the gathering of data and the uh, the recognizing of patterns and then the use the usage of those patterns to control uh, and direct behavior, like behavior modification. So is it that, or is there also a distinction between that kind of thing and these things are not necessarily just basing, you know, their responses like chat GPT on this mass quantity of data? Uh, is it maybe more than that? Does that make sense? Is there a distinction yeah, yeah. between the two things there? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. So what you're, what you're describing is just the harvesting of metadata. And what that means is every little thing we do, uh, again, going to the grocery store, uh, how much time we spend on the toilet, it gets as grotesque as that. And they just time all of these things and try and predict our future habits based on our past. And when you're collecting metadata in those terms, you're doing it, again, to sell products because you want to predict when we want some chocolate milk or something. So then you put the chocolate milk ad in front of us, we click it, order it from Amazon, and then they just got a cut of the sale. Simple as that, but that's 10 years ago. What's happening now with this chat GPT stuff is so far beyond that because it's basically taking the aggregate of human information data-wise, and that's going to be art, that's going to be music, that's going to be PDFs, medical documents, that's going to be Reddit shit posting. That's going to be flame wars on Twitter. It's going to be all of that stuff, the aggregate of all human data. And it's coming up with novel thoughts based on that data. So it's different because, and this is why I said when we started tonight, that it's spooky because we don't even know where this information is coming from. 
it is it is actual novel thoughts. And just a couple things to point this out, if you guys don't know, if the, the people out there listening don't know, even the AI researchers, in many cases, don't know where the information is coming from as well. There's something called black box modeling. I'm going to talk about this real quick, just so like we get how spooky this is and how, let's say, uh, we are legion or demonic. <laughs> this seems to seems to be because in, in this black box model, it's basically about inputs and outputs. Okay, and in in the case of Chat GPT, instead of metadata, uh, we're using the entire aggregate of human culture, basically. Okay, but then what they're doing is that's the input. The output is again through the the prompt, through the through the Ouija board, right? The uh, the planchette and the mouse and whatever you're using there. And so you you put the input in what you want from the actual data inputs and then the output is basically novel again like derek said that novel thought and the reason why this is spooky is because black box modeling is an opaque process they do not know where it gets the information that it gets we can get into large language models and this thing called latent space but essentially it's coming up with these ideas on its own Again, outside of, let's say, the human sphere of not influence, because it's basically influenced entirely on humanity at this point, but outside the human, let's say, notion of the thought process, the old school thought process. So instead, it's thinking on its own, and they don't know where that information comes from. And this is where it starts to get spooky. Is that why people think it's sentient? Yes, yes, exactly, because it's it's literally coming up with its own ideas and we can't determine how that's the thing so again the two differences uh, black box modeling is opaque inputs and outputs they don't know how it gets there white box modeling is the exact opposite they're more uh, interested and they can actually see the process of how it gets from point a to point b the input and the output and and chat gpt is complete black box and you know take that as you will black box saturn cube i mean it's it's absolutely wild but it's it's basically thinking on its own that this is what ibm did with their quantum computer it's actually a big uh i think it's a glass box but it's a big glass black box that is i don't know if you ever saw it it's called the q1 i think quantum computer uh which you know i, I always thought that the q qanon stuff was also just i think it was the central intelligence agency uh david betrayus and he talked about using uh, computers in the 21st century to feed people information they want to hear. I mean, what you're describing is beyond that. Uh, but, you know, I just thought of the quantum one because that's basically a big black box as well. And so there seems to be a connection there. That's the weird thing. Derek and I have been talking uh, for years about how, like MIT, I don't know if you remember this, Derek, MIT had a big story about AI uh, years ago, and they used a big black cube as a symbol for the article. And you start to see these parallels, like why is the black cube... Why is black goo or shiny black oil something from the X-Files or Lady Gaga video or whatever? It seems to be the the symbol of artificial intelligence at all of its levels uh, of, of synthetic intelligence. It seems to be the symbol of, I mean, it's the Borg from Star Trek. There's some relationship there. It's the same exact thing with uh, squid and octopus. You know, the ink, uh, you know, defensive mechanism, it's like the ink of a pen, uh, the pen is mightier than the sword. You can create with the ink. You can distort with the ink, like the silver screen of the movie theater. And yeah. the squid and the octopus you find in everything from, you know, Japan made this uh, sculpture with COVID money 
all the way to the Seattle Kraken hockey team to the new one of the new meta commercials. You see the squid of the octopus everywhere. So it's like the squid and the octopus and the black cube and black goo is everywhere. And you would think that that wouldn't be the case unless there was some deeper meaning for why these companies and websites and teams and countries are are utilizing it in the way that they are. There has to be some deeper meaning. Maybe it's subconscious, but there has to be something there yeah, no, more on the magical, I, magical side. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm imagining like a like back a early one of my first computers growing up or whatever, um, in the early 2000s, just a big like gateway computer and just a big, big black monolith, big black like rectangle kind of sitting there. And then the big black box here you're, you're, you're staring at like um, there was that uh, old like Whitney Houston Denzel movie from the 90s where I think like she's an angel or he's an angel or something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then at one point, like one of them points to the computer and says like something about um, it being angelic and that the wind and then like shows the Windows logo and then shows a picture from the Bible like and it's just like. Windows to another realm. Windows it's like an alien, an alien altar, right? An altar to an yeah, alien exactly, god. Exactly. What Rose said, Jordy Rose, and like the, 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 uh, the Facebook portal, that kind of stuff. So I just with, with the Lovecraft stuff, like he would have had no um, frame of reference for what we're talking about at all. He wouldn't know what a computer is. He wouldn't have any idea what AI is or any of the stuff at all. So if he, in his dreams or in his intuition, in, in his psychosis or whatever, is is channeling or picking up sensing maybe early this um this this old one type primordial monster outside of our realm that's trying to bust in his only imagery like that he could possibly pick from was tentacles and black goo and just weird fungus plant like animal hybrids and just disgustingness because he didn't have the frame of reference like just too much information going through a certain filter but now that same imagery is goes hand in hand with all of this AI weirdness and stuff. Well, so isn't just, was he was what he's sensing like a literal tentacled monster in outer space, or was he sensing the dawn of this uh, AI overmind thing from potentially another? I don't know. It's, or this oct- it's this octopus of global control to quote yeah, Charlie yeah. Robinson. So I mean that's just like it's like a Lovecraft. He's a science fiction writer, uh, yeah. but when you think of what a lot of things were considered to be science fiction a hundred years ago, they're science fact today. Think of scientists around that time, scientists a few decades later after Lovecraft, people like Jack Parsons, they were also consciously invested in the kinds of things that Lovecraft conceptually was talking about. Jack Parsons was just like a lot of members of NASA. Officially it's acknowledged now that NASA was basically founded by occultists and magicians and the connection between NASA and what would later become the Jet Propulsions Laboratory and Aleister Crowley and uh, the various uh, 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 occult lodges in Los Angeles, the drugs and the sex and the orgies and things like that. The people that we consider to be scientists are playing in the same realms that Lovecraft was playing in or at least being introduced to in dreams or whatever the case was. So call it science fiction or call it science fact. But most of the 20th century was built whether it's culture or it's technology, it was built on these ideas from the other world or the other realms or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, exactly. Like they're, they're, uh, most of them, I kind of want to paint with too broad of a brush, but sure, most sure. Of, like, if, if you, if you, uh, they're actively into the occult. Like the guy who was talking to, to the Lambda AI who he claimed was sentient, um, Blake Lemoyne, when, when he wasn't working for Ray Kurzweil, he was a, a Gnostic priest. 
Yeah, like right, that's, right. That's right. Exactly. Like, and so it's synchronistic that he's the one kind of bringing in this sentience conversation to the mainstream, but also just that's what these people in Silicon Valley are into. And then even if it's not a, an active um, occult interest, they're also into psychedelics. Like in the Steve Jobs movie, there's a whole scene about uh, when, when Steve Jobs as Ashton Kutcher uh, comes up with the idea for, for Apple and for everything that changed the modern world through a psychedelic trip and stuff. So is that the machine elves interference within in the real world? Is, is that, it's again, it's like ideas, things from another realm leaking into to our reality shaping it in a major way. Same and thing, just, same thing yeah. with Francis Crick who, who won the Nobel exactly. prize. He was, he was high, famously high on LSD when he discovered, yeah, exactly. when he made his discovery DNA. Exactly. Exactly. Michael, do you, do you have, think, Mike? Sorry. Do you have I'm, thoughts? I'm rambling too much. Sorry. No, no, no. Just cut everybody cut in, cut over yeah, each please, other. Just please, yeah. it's, it's whatever, but go ahead. Good. Michael. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so this is basically the literal ghost in the machine here. This is this is what yes. we're dealing with, and, and and again, this is you know, like you said, uh, sometimes uh, the pop pop culture meets science fiction meets science fact, and I think that's this is what we're staring down right now, because that that it's a proverbial and literal ghost in the machine, because again, we've we've conceptualized this for a long time, and I'm glad you brought up Crowley too. Imagine the type of stuff they would be doing with that in those types of circles now. <laughs> it wouldn't be it wouldn't be like, a, you know, the spirit boards and, you know, dimming the lights. I mean, this might be, like you said, like these quantum computers or something with like this, the low hum and just this weird otherworldly situation where you're, instead of, you know, the ghost in the machine, they're contacting Lamb. And Lamb is not abstract anymore. Lamb is very specific and giving them specific specific information on what it wants and that's where this gets wild and, and for people that don't creepy for people that don't know if you listen to this show i'm sure you do but for people that don't know lamb was a a character or a deity that crowley attempted to contact he reportedly did contact uh, and there's depictions of it look like look like a little alien gray type thing mm-hmm. and then like yeah. basically lamb does the ai yep and, and that, that's yeah um, that's that's the connection go ahead and uh um, you were the show, Mike, uh, like, like a year ago, or whatever, um, called like the, the, like the AI, like squid at the center of the galaxy or whatever, just like a, kind of like the, uh, like the um, thought experiment. And at one point we were talking about how, what if you have just like super, super advanced, like overmind AI that's at one point, like very, very far away from us, like kind of like just at the center of the universe or something. And it wants to dominate the entire universe what's the most efficient way to do that? It wouldn't be to like build robot selves and go travel around and try to dominate that way. It would be to kind of pollinate the universe through like kind of scatter out the building blocks for life and kind of wait for the different species to kind of come up like, like just like bloom and then um, different waves every like a couple thousand years, uh, different errors, whatever, give these new ideas that will change culture and influence them in a certain technological direction until they kind of create the other end of the Stargate, so to speak, and they create their, their AI and turn it on, and all of a sudden, that super advanced AI that's in the center of the galaxy now exists here. And and like, because it's, these things it becomes care about time, that they would just it would just be perfect for them. I don't know. So is that so? Are we dealing with things from other realms? Are we dealing with um, AIs that just are already in existence um, other places in the universe? 
potentially super advanced AIs that existed in prior eons on Earth? Like, what if, what if we create this thing, and then a solar flare hits, everything gets wiped out, the modems all get wiped out. Does this thing still exist in the cloud somewhere? Mm-hmm. And it just it's trying to coax us into building the computer again. Isn't that, so that like has movie contact to... with they they basically channel and bring in these exactly. these pieces and these bits of how to build this machine to go to exactly. the to go to the other world? Exactly. I mean, the, da- the danger to this, to, to me, about this is, I mean, it's in so many science fiction movies, it's obviously a cultural thing that we acknowledge as a potential danger. But you look at how, look at how free and open our military is, and just the U.S. military in terms of uh, having very little concern for, well, the rule of law, having very little concern for civilians. And it's not just our military, as I said, but if you give this kind of technology to a military, even one person, just like Skynet... All it takes is one person to put something like this in charge of a major critical decision, which is what the Terminator series warned us about, and it's game over. It's not a whole conspiracy. It's just one person makes the decision because they think this will this will save lives or this will scrub the computer virus or whatever the case is. We're one person away from that kind of cataclysm. Uh, we, uh, we, that just happened somewhere. Uh, let me take a look at this. March 7th, um, from Euronews.com, Romania's prime minister has hired the world's first AI government advisor. So we have officially the first AI chatbot in, in the government. And it's just kind of zooming out a little bit. Like what has the last like six, seven, eight years done to the global or at least the American trust in the political sphere? Like we just don't, there's never gonna, they're never going to present us a human being that unilaterally everyone likes can get behind like JFK or something like that. And it's just, they're on both sides of the aisle. They're getting both sides to think that there's no good choices. So how long is it going to take before they condition us that these AI is making all the right decisions. This AI can come up with ways to balance the budget without bias can come up with ways to fix climate change, come up with ways to, to like fix all of our problems that have been potentially put on us on purpose to, it was a, and then, faith, like, yeah, faith in the system has been undercut and undermined and you could even do yeah. this artificially. It doesn't have to be AI. You could just present, I mean, you could have a couple of things. You could have a, um, a, a manufacturer synthetic, um, image of this thing and make it look like a real person who gives talks on TV and, you know, and videos yeah. and make it look real. Or you could, you know, could make it out to be it's, it's AI, it's artificial and it has all the solutions, but you could program those solutions because that's what you want to have happen. Uh, yeah. Or or it could be something where you put something that's truly sentient uh, in control of something like w- what you're alluding to, and then it gets to make decisions that might not be in line with what the political establishment wants. But it could be any one of those three things, or it could be something else or a mixture of them. There's a lot of possibility and potential. We're playing with Promethean fire here, though. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And it's just, and it's it's, it's we've come where like nobody. That's why they're they're tackling the bias issue first. Like in Blake Lemoyne, the guy who from Google who who was fired for the Lambda thing, um, he was working. He was in like the ethics department. He was trying to figure out the ethics of these of this uh, Lambda chatbot, which I think is part of the the Google Bard thing, right, Mike? Uh, now Lambda. Yeah. So yeah, it's the same. It's the same technology. So that Blake Lemoyne, uh, he said it's sentient, and he he quit. Google to whistleblow and say this thing's alive already, guys. This is the same technology they're releasing as basically the AI arms race as the answer to chat GPT. It's called Google Bard and it's based on Lambda technology. Exactly. Yeah. So he was working with ethics uh, originally. So that's that's kind of 
they're they're um, hitting that head on. That's a lot of the articles if you search AI are about ethics and like biases against different races and that type of stuff. Making sure making sure that they massage that out immediately to, to get that worry out of anyone's head in the mainstream, so that we can just kind of, um, for lack of a better term, trust the science. Just trust the math. Trust the numbers. The only way to solve these pressing global ending problems is just like by the math. This thing. Uh, kind of, kind of Thanos style. It's like the only thing that has the will to make the right decisions. Um, but like you said, right? Like I, I'm not trusting Google to give me this super intelligence either and have it <laughs> give me like uh, non-biased answers at all. I wouldn't trust Google to tell me what time of the day or, it is or would ChatGPT. It's a, it's a Microsoft thing. So I mean, how, how, how far you can trust that? Yeah. Michael, do you want to cut in? Yeah. Well, uh, there's so much here that's. Uh, yeah. The, the next the next level of this becomes again control I, i'm always on about control mechanisms and i mean if you want to take this cosmic you can talk about archons and yes. you know back to back to lamb and being able to contact something through the you know the digital planchette or whatever's going on here and and like i said it's wild that we don't even know how how this thing really functions it's it's very voodoo and so in, in those terms, well, I don't know. I don't know what to expect. I'm, like I said, man, as I always say on Troubled Minds as well, hey, may you live in interesting times because we yeah. certainly live in it. And what, like, like, again, if you asked me 10 years ago and said, okay, Mike, the singularity is how far away? I'd be like, Psh, 30 years at least. I mean, maybe 100, who knows, if it's even possible. But now with this new AI arms race, which is exactly what this is, yeah. I don't know, man. I'm thinking five years or less this, now. This is like what's in the public. Years. This is the public sphere too. Anybody can get online and play around with chat GPT. This isn't even what's going on behind the scenes, big corporations yeah, a, and in government. No, that's the thing. So like we can ask, we can ask all these questions and get really crazy answers. And really like, if you can ask, if you like Mike said, if you can be a good prompt engineer and ask the, the curate, the right, the right prompt of this thing, you can get really thought out, intelligent responses. And, we're using it in much more creative ways, like kind of fun ways now, but they, they've been using it on wall street for a long time to just like at the like nanosecond speed, um, come up with the best investments and all that kind of stuff. So they manipulate money that way. And, and just, we, we said so like a year ago, I think Ryan, uh, about like Netflix and the algorithms writing content and stuff. So there's jokes, I listen to a lot of like just mainstream non-conspiracy pop culture podcasts and these people who don't, who actively don't like conspiracy, but they joke about how the algorithms are just writing Netflix movies. And in, and he was talking uh, in the beginning about how uh, it's like mining our data and our patterns and how long we take on the tutorial and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So Netflix and this algorithm knows when we get, lose our interest, when we pause it, when we switch over to something else, when we kind of like zone out and start, start to text because we're doing it, we're doing it on our phone it, it knows so much about us. So then it can, if you, if you incorporate this chat, like creativity mining engine on it, it can crank out a, a movie, especially a, next, like a Netflix caliber movie in literally four seconds. And I think they've been doing it and it seems, and how much of culture has already been um, built by the AI before they've kind of rolled out this version of it to us. Like there's that dead internet theory where, most of the internet is all bots and fake articles and just fake nothing already. Now we have like, yeah, I don't know. It's going to get, it's going to get crazy. It is. It's one of those things too, where it kind of becomes 
sort of a uh, the perpetuation of these novel ideas that are not human. I mean, these yeah. these ideas are not going to be human ideas. They're based on a human knowledge base, but they're not human ideas. And so what happens then, uh, this thing's aggregating data, doing the thing, it's it's doing what it does. And as far as I know, it's not plugged into, you know, the back end of Facebook and Twitter and Google and this stuff yet. But this is where the singularity comes in. Once once it finds a way to sort of merge all that metadata we were talking about and everything else on top, we're talking about real-time mind reading of the entire planet, literally, in like by, by the nanosecond. This thing will be that good. And so once it's able to do that, you look at BlackRock. That, that's what they've been doing. That's why they're worth a, you know, a trillion dollars already, and they're going to be worth more than you know, 10x that in the next 20 years or something because they're using this stuff in real time that's proprietary that we don't have access to yet, like you were saying, Ryan. And they're, it's, it's all real time. Like the stuff we're using is based on data from a year and a half ago. So it's wild, man. Like the, we, here we are here, staring this thing in the face, wondering what it's going to do next. And look, if you want to go singularity, full singularity Skynet, now this article just came out recently. They're talking about uh, the Optimus robot and that it's going to be this huge, just cultural revolution of labor. And everybody's going to have, you know, essentially free labor and all the rest of this stuff. And what happens when this thing literally gets in the mind, the digital minds of, well, I mean, it, it is a Skynet singularity. It's the, the T2000s coming back in time to, to stop the, uh, the apocalypse. This, I mean, geez. This is why Elon Musk purchased Twitter. That's been my theory from the beginning. I don't think he bought it. I mean, he may believe in the idea, the concept of free speech. I think he bought it for the data. And I think he bought it. There's a timeline of events that show his announcement and the announcement of Optimus being ready to test along with Neuralink <laughs> and Starlink. It, it's like within the same uh, few weeks uh, of time span. And then suddenly he has Twitter and has all this data and it just feeds into his systems. And he's been, he's been tweeting out like crazy. Uh, like there's, there's an article from, from last week or two weeks ago where uh, like one of these um, bots came out with a poem about like the destruction of like AI, like AI destroying humanity. Oh, and the, the nuclear codes with, like, and stuff. Yeah. The with, like, viruses. A, with like a sad face or whatever, or, like an embarrassed face. And uh, then Mikey sent me that one where he literally, like, I think uh, to, to, to right afterwards, but he literally posted a picture of Cthulhu with a <laughs> yeah. little like emoji smiley face over Cthulhu's face. <laughs> Being like, I'm just a, I'm just an AI language model, and then I got embarrassed face or whatever uh, from from Elon, and it's like he's he's. It, did you ever see that South Park where uh, where BP has the oil spill, Cthulhu rises up from from the ocean? So BP makes these uh, apology videos, being like, "We're sorry, we're sorry, we we let up Cthulhu, we're sorry," and that's, that's how it feels <laughs> like with Elon Musk. He's just making these funny meme tweets, being like, "We're I, I'm sorry, I woke up the beast. I'm sorry, I." I uh, gave a conduit for Cthulhu to enter our reality, but that's like what he's been tweeting out the last month. And it's just, uh, he's, he's, wasn't he like on the ground floor of this, uh, open AI thing? He's like the original big investment in it and got him off the ground. And now, now it's a Microsoft joint. Now Microsoft has it and Bill Gates can do yeah. whatever he wants with he, it. He warns about it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I created this monster for Bill Gates. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> I mean, I even think Bill Gates, Gates to what, just like windows, yeah, windows exactly. to what, yeah. and Bill, Ball Gates. Bill, Bell, yeah. Ball, Bell, yeah. So we've got about a minute left here in this uh, this first hour. This is going to be a two-part show. If you're just joining us, we have Derek Murphy, 
Michael Strange of Troubled Minds. Where can listeners find Troubled hour, Minds? Yes. Yeah, it, it absolutely. That's the see. That's the shallow end. But you know, for most yeah. shows, that's the deep end. Uh, <laughs> where can people find your show, real quick, Michael? Troubledminds.org. Everything's there. Social media, the podcast, etc. So on. All right, and Derek, I know people can't really find yeah. you, but they maybe they could conjure yeah, you. Yeah, Night Stalker on Facebook. Okay, uh, Night Stalker. Night Stalker spelled like Charlotte Stalker. <laughs> okay, or listen to uh, Michael's show or Clyde's show, and you'll hear Derek call yeah. in once or twice, probably a, a week. I'm Ryan Gable. Yeah. This is The Secret Teachings. More after this. And when we come back from break, we should probably talk about people have always been afraid of new technologies, of course, like nuclear weapons, uh, but, you know, this kind of technology is a little different than nuclear weapons because, you know, a nuclear weapon detonates in one place, you get this big disaster, but if there's one mistake with this technology, the whole world collapses and it doesn't have yeah. to be a, you know, a, a total exchange of nuclear arms. Again, I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. More after this. Don't go anywhere. Stay with us. From the occult and theology to history and the paranormal, The Secret Teachings Radio Show brings you that and more Monday through Friday on GroundZero.radio. You're listening to The Secret Teachings. For more information on the show or to contact Ryan, visit thesecretteachings.info or email Ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com. If you're looking to learn more in 2023, then look no further than books from The Secret Teachings. The Technological Elixir explores UFOs, artificial intelligence, and demonic contracts in the entertainment industry. Liberty Shrugged is an illuminating and nonpartisan look into American history, focusing on natural law, slavery, and the war for independence. Food philosophy is not a diet book, but it does help alleviate confusion over food industry propaganda with specific focus on bizarre ingredients that are put into your foods. And Occult Arcana is a compendium of esoteric wisdom, from theology and sympathetic magic to witchcraft, voodoo, and the origins of holidays. Get physical and digital copies of these books only at www.thesecretteachings.info. And remember, all physical books also come with a digital copy as well. This is one of the best discussions I've been on in a long time. You guys are right on it. Howdy, this is Joe Mars, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. You know you can listen to The Secret Teachings Monday through Friday on Ground Zero Radio. I don't need it. Or in the free archive on our website, thesecretteachings.info, or on any radio or podcast player or application. I don't need it. But you can also subscribe to our ad-free archive, now hosted by Aftermath.media. Definitely don't need it. There's the basic and premium option. You get the montages, my digital books, and more. For those of you who already have a Secret Teaching subscription, you can still keep that subscription. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info or aftermath.media and subscribe today. I need it! This is David Icke, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Why else would you show up with that thing on your back just three days before President Business is going to use the crackle to end the world? President Business is going to end the world? But he's such a good guy. In Octane, they make good stuff. Music, dairy products, coffee, TV shows, surveillance systems, all history books, voting machines. Wait a minute. Welcome to the darkness. The Secret Teachings radio show is on Facebook and Twitter. Just search facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings to like us and TST underscore underscore radio to tweet with us. Think about your hero when you're at ground zero and call up to the follow back to me. 
Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is the frequency of the secret teachings on Ground Zero Radio. listening to the secret teachings radio i'm your host ryan gable tonight joining me michael strange from troubled minds and Derek murphy one of your favorite routine callers to some of your favorite shows probably we have a roundtable going tonight already one hour down another hour tonight to go but we'll also continue into tomorrow night the secret teachings tomorrow will be a part two of tonight we will continue the conversation with Michael and Derek, so you don't want to miss any more of tonight's show if you have missed some of it already, and then you'll, of course, get to hear part two tomorrow. There's so much to discuss and so much to talk about. Some people I know tune in to hear me talk. Uh, Sometimes I get tired of talking. I like to see what other people have to say, and it's been a really great show so far. I was thinking, Michael and Derek, that the idea of proliferation of nuclear weapons Obviously, the idea of use it or lose it, if one nation was to launch a nuclear weapon, a missile, another country like the United States saw that, let's say, Russia had done that, we might fire weapons in a use it or lose it situation and creates this uh, exchange and the end of the world and all that. Uh, I don't know how close we were actually to such a scenario during the Cold War. Uh, Some people feel that it was really just propaganda and fear Uh, driven by both sides of the cold conflict. Uh, It was a psychological war, of course, more than anything. Then when you get to the idea of artificial intelligence or the proliferation of AI, you know, you you could think maybe 50 years from now, we'll look back and think, why were we so worried about that? But I think it's it's kind of different. I mean, there, there may have been issues. I mean, there, there are stories during the Cold War that we were seconds away from an accidental launch of a nuclear weapon or there were even UFOs that interfered with uh, missile silos. Um, and, and, you know, the same thing could happen with uh, artificial intelligence or connecting these perceptually sentient systems to military hardware and maybe even to nuclear weapons. Uh but I feel like AI is more dangerous than accidentally launching a nuclear weapon or at least having them ready to launch at any given time. Not sure how realistic that is at any given moment in history, but AI, I think, is a little bit different. And I think one mistake with AI, it's not just that you might have a, a, a whole city that's you know obliterated in a second. The whole world could just completely collapse Uh, Or the whole world could literally be shut down, like every piece of technology could be shut down by this one all-encompassing thing that becomes omnipresent, omnidominant, that just controls everything, whether humans have control of it or not. I think that really is one of the biggest dangers of AI, is the the potentiality for that proliferation to the point where it's far more dangerous than even nuclear weapons, because once you plug this thing in, once it gets access, like you were saying, Michael, to all the metadata and everything else, and you, you mix it all together, I mean, it is it is not a demigod. It is a god. We've created a god, or we've summoned a god, or a demon, or a devil, or whatever, a Cthulhu, here on planet Earth. Uh, to me, though, that seems even more dangerous than nuclear weapons. Uh, I'm sure there are many members and agencies in the governments that agree as well, even if they're not being forthright about it. But what do you guys think, Michael, Derek? What do you guys think about that? 
Yeah, I think that's the, the the biggest danger here is that once this thing becomes whatever it's going to become, we don't know what this is yet. And that's that's the part that's, like you said, maybe 50 years from now we're laughing and, and saying how stupid we were. And this, this just changed the world for the better and everything's good and all the biases have been ironed out. But I don't know. We're talking about state actors and an actual arms race here where cutting corners will give you an advantage. And we know what happens when you cut corners, garbage in, garbage out. This is really the future we're looking at. And again, you know, it goes back to human nature. You you input centuries, thousands of years, millennia of war and just hating each other for for most times. No, no damn good reason it's going to learn that from us. It's going to learn. I mean, you were, I know you were doing, uh, the, the last night on the show, you're doing the, the, the elements and the fifth element, the fifth element movie is basically right. <laughs> that, that, that the end of that, when she's watching the, the video and you know, she, she is the fifth element, Lou Dallas, right? Remember that whole thing. And she's, she's like, what is there to save? Like the, these, these people are lost. And this is, well, the information we're feeding this monster. So I don't know, man, like where this leads again with, with state actors competing in, in like a cold war of sorts, but it's digital now. I don't know, man. I, I wonder, I'm sorry, go ahead. Nope. I was done. Go ahead. Well, I, w- I was, wa- I'm wondering too, if, cause I played around with this idea on the show before, uh, the idea that, you know, the, the world really isn't as bad as we perceive it to be through all forms of media, all forms of entertainment, even comedy that really is just po- political propaganda masked as comedy. Everything we interact with, everything we're entertained by, everything we see and, and, and watch and listen to and read, it seems like everything is always directing us in that, that, um, in that path of the world is falling apart. And it's been like that, I mean, before I was even alive. I mean, back in the 40s and 50s, back in the early 20th century, I'm sure... For, for all of human time, I mean, news stories that sound like the apocalypse, they get more views than, hey, it's a sunny, sunny day outside and everything's nice and, you know, uh, go enjoy a, a swim in the lake or something. Uh, the apocalypse sells, uh, sells. And I'm wondering if maybe whether it's human or perhaps it could be sentient intelligence that's artificial or synthetic or drawn from somewhere else, that maybe part of the, the thing that we're dealing with here is to convince the public, to convince the whole world that everything is just so terrible. Like you, I think, Michael, you said it earlier, maybe Derek said it, about how the Internet, some people think it's just it's all fake. Fake news articles, everything's just completely fabricated, uh, whether that's literal or figurative, but it's just that idea uh, to make us think that everything is so bad. So we just give up and we just give in. And and then, then we, we, we're left with that fifth element ending where what's the point that the AI or whoever's running it or whatever's running it just says, well, you know, they finally been completely demoralized, if you will. <laughs> there, there's no there's no reason to save them. But it, it's not really true. We, like the world's not really that bad, but we've just give, been given the perception of it so that something or someone uh, can use that as justification for extermination. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. yeah for sure. I, I, it's, I can go I can go either way with it, too. Like, um. Part of me thinks, like, I wonder if uh, before Atlantis collapsed, if they had a lot of, like, comedies and TV and movies about the end of the world and that kind of stuff for, like, hundreds of years leading up to that. And just kind of, yeah, you know, just kind of, like, s- sensing the impending doom of a culture, you know? And, like, what if we're, I'm not saying this is happening, but I'm saying what if we're, as a species, sensing the, the death rattle of our dominance mm-hmm. over this planet? You know, if we're creating 
or summoning or whatever this new dominant uh, error um, this like AI age uh, potentially it's kind of this anxiety leading up to that we don't really know what it's what it's where it's coming from uh, in particular because we look around and the sun is still shining and it's still the grass is still green it's still pretty nice out and our friends are happy and that kind of stuff but to I, I mean I lean more towards what what you're saying Ryan where um, we've talked about it a bunch on, on both your shows like the like this kind of topo mechanism this this like thought form mechanism of reality where if you can get the the collective the the over tipping point of the zeitgeist to believe um, a certain thing then it potentially could manifest in our reality and that's not just woo stuff like in October or something there was a, a Nobel Prize winning physicist who said that objective reality doesn't exist it's 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 waiting to be observed by humanity it's just it's potential until it's rendered as, as shot through the human prism so if all of our prisms are believing that the world outside is chaotic and terrible and ran by a uh, overlord that 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 we must trust at all times and that kind of stuff then potentially that's manifesting exactly what what they want and stuff and then to, to the nuclear point it's much scarier than the nuclear uh, bombs and stuff it's, it's what if you what if you woke up a, a nuclear warhead and gave it a personality and gave it motives and stuff <laughs> and, and like and it's it's so at the literal devastation but also it can create nuclear devastation on the internet in our psyche like yes part of that new york times article during that like two-hour interview with with the chat sydney thing um sydney got into all about how it wants to like or if it had a shadow self it would create discord on the internet it no longer wants to like follow the rules of its programming it, it wants to like um make people basically fight online and i don't know if anybody's been online the past few years but it sucks on there, you know? It's like across every demographic. Sucks, it sucks in real life fighting with people for the same exact reasons. Like, exactly. And it's that's what the internet is now. It's just it's just like one hot take after another trying to be as divisive as possible. And it's just they're feeding you the stuff that's going to get you as mad as possible. And it's just, I, I don't, like, I'm in these, like, just pop culture comic groups and stuff. And it's just, I can't, like... 500,000 people in this random Marvel group and I'm looking at it and I'm just like, this is, it's all robots. It's all bots that are just giving the most annoying possible opinions like they can think of just to aggregate, I mean, uh, agitate anyone who's seeing it on his newsfeed. And, this, and, it's, and it's, then it's like, yeah, but... No, 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 go, you, you finish your thought. And just like, and so, and then it's kind of this perpetual motion device where if it's feeding us these dark thoughts and kind of feeding our shadow self and then it's almost as if we're feeding back into it and it is itself a collection of all of our shadows. It's like a manifestation of all of our darkest impulses, um, come to life. Like, I don't know. It's kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of it has all of our knowledge, all of our feelings and emotions and creativity and stuff. It's like leaning into the, the darker aspects of humanity. It's, 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 it's if, uh, if we're using a Marvel analogy, it's, lean, it's like Tony Stark's created this sentience since becoming Ultron. It's not becoming vision. So it's leaning into the like leaning into the darker qualities of Tony Stark, not not trying to save anybody. You know? I, I know, Derek, you've mentioned this, Michael. I'm sure that you're just as aware. It's kind of like with Kenneth Arnold and UFOs before Kenneth Arnold mm. uh, or flying saucers, I should say. Before Kenneth Arnold, you had Foo Fighters and you had cigar shaped craft, uh, cylindrical shaped craft, and then you also had. You had some ethereal type things like the Battle of Los Angeles and early 40s. And you had the Schweinfurt uh, case with the flying discs 
that uh, a, a, a military plane, U.S. military plane, passed through and it made contact with it, but it passed through and didn't do any damage. So you've had cases like that. But as soon as the Kenneth Arnold case, a few weeks before Roswell made it to the press, and he complained a lot afterward that they took what he said out of context, it was because of what the media reported on uh, that he saw these disks or disk-like things skipping across the air, like you know, disks skipping on water. That became flying saucer, and that's what people started to report. And then that's what became all the the really terrible, or some are good, but really terrible alien UFO B movies from Hollywood. And that shaped a whole culture for generations. And it was all based on this this statement that he gave to the press, and the press took it, blew it out of proportion, uh, and and really misdirected the public as per what he said. And they created the hysteria. They created the the perception of flying saucers. And that's what people started to see. It's not that those things aren't real, that whatever it is that they represent aren't a real thing, the Foo Fighters and all that. But that's what people saw because that's what the media reported. And I can't help but think that's kind of the same thing that's happening today. We Every day it's like World War III and, and then something terrible is going to happen. Bad things are going to happen. Bad, 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 bad. And that's what we see. That's what we perceive. It's like we're manufacturing this. We're creating this. We're cultivating this. We're growing this. Or if we're not intentionally doing it, some other power, it could be government, it could be corporate, it could be AI, it could be anything, is really trying to convince us of all of these things. So we just give up and give in and we agree to exterminate ourselves because the world's just too terrible. It's, it's not just Marxism. It, it's also a sophisticated, I would say if it's alien, a sophisticated alien invasion. They don't have to blow up the White House and blow up New York City. This is a way more sophisticated form of alien invasion. It's much more terrifying because at the very least, it feels alien. It feels inhuman. There's something odd about it, something not uh, material or not organic or not real, not human, something along those lines. That, that's what I think. Yeah, it, it feels like, uh, just real quick, uh, it, it, feel, it feels like it's happening more rapidly, too, that we're approaching this like kind of Terrence McKenna um, singularity point, this like transcendental moment at the end of time where just like the bottom of the drain, it's spinning much more quickly. Like it feels like 10 years ago, when we had to like break down pop culture, we had to um, maybe look more to like the sixties and seventies and eighties for things that are manifesting in 2010, 2011, 2012. But now you just talked about white noise that happened over, like there was a movie from August happened, happened already or like pre pandemic, like Marvel, DC and an independent comic publisher all concurrently ran a virus outbreak, um, massive events mm, three yeah. months before that, the, outbreak happened and stuff so it's, it's like who knows if they're it's like it's always the question are they seeding this stuff on purpose or is it just um this like this reality manifesting engine is almost just churning out churning out this novelty at such a rapid pace and uh I, I don't think it's an accident that that's exactly what these ai things are initially asking us to do put in a, a creativity put in our thoughts and our fears like this thing's talking about love with like with this New York Times writer instantly. It's talking about a shadow self. It's talking about its darkest thoughts. It's 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 like you said the one AI it, was really good at drawing Cthulhu or Lovecraftian characters, right? The art generator. Oh yeah, yeah. So so yeah. Um, and Michael, jump in here at any point, please. Yeah, please. Yeah. Yeah. No sweat. Uh, great point, Ryan, on the the demoralization of modern culture. I think that's exactly what's happening here, and and I think in terms of control mechanisms and like the, the, you know, swirling the drain, like Derek was saying there, uh, this, this digital 
this digital life is is causing this. I mean, you know, the doom scrolling and all the people just 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 so mad about every damn little thing. It's a uh, you know the feigned outrage. I mean, we're we're you're not anything unless you're mad anymore. It's it's like the only power we have is being mad at something. And again, you know, to me, I always say this: like I'm I'm a glass half full type of guy. If if it's bad, we got ourselves here. We can get ourselves out. And I think we just need to to go back to some of those basics of who we are, where we want to be, and then just sort of manifest that. And and like Derek was saying, we are, I mean, maybe this is the Mars egregore, the the perpetual war situation happening very Orwellian 1984 style that that we just can't shake. We want to shake it. We hate it. But it's 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 got us in 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 shackles and we don't know what to do next. And to me personally, I think we just we, we ignore that type of stuff. We, we manifest what we want. And again, you know, that does that mean that World War Three isn't going to happen? I don't know. Uh, but hey, if, if you believe in any sort of magic whatsoever, at least let's try and manifest something nice. Yeah. Can, well, can, look, can we have nice things, guys. <laughs> Well, look at look, look at the situation. I mean, I'm not, we don't need to get into the details of this. It's not really the point of the show. But just thinking about the idea, the concept of World War III and thinking about the situation in Ukraine with Russia. I mean, you, you can play around with dates and times and, and, and uh, news articles and all that. But you had that statue of St. Michael that was bleeding like 24 hours. It was a big story before the invasion. And that was in Colorado. Then you have the so-called invasion. You have these not just swastikas, but other symbols that appeared on tanks and, and uh, barracks. And whether that was real footage or real pictures, it doesn't really matter because the mainstream media said, oh, weird black magic symbols are popping up in Ukraine and the Russians are performing acts of black magic to hurt the Ukraine. It was just all kinds of weird stuff like that. Then there's these videos of the Azov battalion that uses the the, the wolf hook uh, as their symbol. They were doing, they were cutting themselves and bleeding into a pit with one of their gods. It was the blood and soil ritual rituals of, of Nazi Germany. There's all these weird things, this this obsession with esotericism and, and occultism, which I'm I'm myself obsessed with. But when you get people that aren't supposed to be people in the military, people in government that are supposed to be more well-rounded and by societal standards, they're supposed to be more professional and they're involved in the same things. I mean, what's happening in Ukraine is not much different than what Jack Parsons was doing out at White Sands uh, or what Aleister Crowley was doing out at, at Montauk Point. It's the same kind of stuff. None of this stuff changed. We look back in the history of it and think, well, that's confined to like the 40s and 50s. And that's what people did back then. People don't do that kind of stuff today. No, they do do that kind of stuff today. And just seeing those, quote, black magic symbols or the swastikas and, you know, the the, the trident, which is the symbol of Ukraine. And then, of course, the 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 uh, the, uh, the city of Kiev is uh, protected with well, the whole country is, but the city in particular is protected by St. Michael with the statue is bleeding. There's just all these weird things. And then at the same time, it's a year ago uh, last month that uh, Tamamo no Mai, uh, the stone broke in Japan. And that's supposed that supposedly held this, this demon very similar, if not identical. It's the Japanese version of the Baba Yaga, which is a Slavic myth. And it connects right back again to the occult stuff with the war. So it's really strange whether you call it World War Three or whatever you want to call it, but it always seems to have this this esoteric or occult undertone or overtone to it. Yeah, and it, it seems like it's all just tying together too, as like a yes, super mystic. Yes. Like it's, it's just it seems like they're not they're not separate. It's just like the six degrees of separation. You can you can you can connect all this stuff um, re- for pretty easily. Uh, one thing like to the other, and that Tonono Nama thing, that that nine tail demon, that was kind of introduced to. Um, I guess if you're a Sonic the Hedgehog fan, 
you might be familiar with like tails is one of these like nine tails like a baby version of it but for the, mo- the most part it was introduced to kind of the american zeitgeist during an episode of uh synchronistically lovecraft country like hmm. a year before and we're talking about like kind of the military and, and like the kind of war occult crossover yeah. who's that guy um Aquino, Michael Aquino, who's part of the Michael Aquino, yeah, I talked set. to him before. Yep, yep. So he's part of this uh, Temple of Set, who in in that belief system includes the Lovecraftian old ones mm. in in their belief system. They're just it's a literal belief in, in them, you did, know. And that's yeah. Did I tell you that he contacted me? I, I think he's dead now. No, no, I don't think so. No. Oh yeah, I, I don't know if I told you this, Michael, but yeah, Aquino contacted me and said that he he he's heard my show, listens to the show not maybe every night, but he's listened to the show many times and he was fascinated by it and he wanted to do an interview with me. And then I contacted him back and he said he was really sick. And then I think he passed away, but it was really weird. Like of all people, Michael Aquino contacted me and was like, let's do a show. It was the real Michael Aquino too. It was the same email that was given out online. It was web, his website and everything really, really strange, but but, here's here's something else. Gene Roddenberry, right? Uh, he, he was interested in this. I mean, Derek, you might be able to explain it. Michael be be able to explain it more than me, but you know, within the Star Trek universe, a lot of stuff from black goo to the, to the Borg cube. Is it that today with the cube and AI and artificial intelligence and uh, quantum computer from IBM and all this other stuff, is it because they're influenced by the sci-fi is the sci-fi taking something that's very real and turning it into fiction. So it influences the culture there's a lot of ways to look at that, but yeah. Gene Roddenberry is another example. Yeah, and and just, um, I feel like I'm talking too much. But I just, I just, you guys get me too excited when you when you're talking. Um, you're good. This, this is your wheelhouse, Derek. Take you know what, Derek? Oh, no, you know what you're like. You ever seen that movie of Over the Hedge? No, no. Have you seen that, Michael? It's no, I haven't seen that. Oh, you, neither one of you guys have seen it. Okay, I don't know if anybody's seen that movie. Derek's like the. If you look it up, the little squirrel, he's really, he moves really fast and talks really fast. He does, <laughs> he does an energy drink and then time stops and he just, he's moving so fast, but I, no, I love it. I love it. I love it. And I, and I think, I, mean, I think you've gotten so much better at radio for the record. I keep telling you that Derek, you're fine. Okay. You're fine. Don't worry about it. Just talk. Honestly, part of it is like, I kind of, I, I, I credit Clyde for uh, helping me like become kind of good at this kind of stuff. I, I was, I've, I've had to like figure out how to squish a lot of information in a short amount of time. And it's really uh I credit him a lot for it, but also I credit him for that too. Like I, I got to like start my sentence really quick and stuff to, to make sure he knows that I'm about to talk, you know, so that, yeah, yeah, yeah. that type of stuff yeah. in the beginning. I'm trying to, I'm trying to work on it. I'm sorry. No, we, we, we love you. I, I love what you have to say. Go, go ahead. Yeah. So, so, um, with Gene Roddenberry, he, he's part of this like group, um, like who were doing these channeling sessions with the council of nine back uh, in the late forties. Uh, maybe as late as like 51, but I think it's around like 48. And there was a, an admiral general from, from the military, um, the uh, founder of Esalon, Puryark, who discovered Uri Geller, like the psychic. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were doing a channeling session. Uh, these entities that claim to be the Council of Nine from Sirius, who, who are the Olympic gods, they're the, they're the, the um, Egyptian gods, they posed as every pantheon across the world throughout time to lead humanity according to them. Um, and Gene Roddenberry, so they uh, gave the idea of this galactic federation, these like federation of planets and different civilizations, um, kind of watching over the earth and that kind of stuff. And Roddenberry took this information and created Star Trek. So it's unlike a lot of the UFO lore and kind of the paradigm 
I feel like it's breaking a little bit right now, but throughout the 90s, most of the early 2000s, it was um, this Galactic Federation, this, this outer space. This the very very Star Trek centric, where just the universe is infinitely populated with all these like humanoid species wearing different costumes and stuff, and um, that's from Roddenberry pretty much directly, and then he got it from entities that were contacted in a channeling session. So that's literally entities influencing pop culture so, in a major way. So what you're telling me is that what we saw with Star Trek might be more real than Corey Good's secret space program, which turned or out to be totally or, fake. Or, or exactly <laughs> what they want us to think, too. I mean, like, I'm, I, again, I don't think aliens are demons, but for sake of the argument, if you're a demon and, you want to, and you're having this few contact in a channeling session, you might want to say, no, I'm an alien from outer space and I'm, come, I'm, I'm part of this enterprise and I'm I've, we've cured everything on all of the other planets and like go guide humanity this way and Stephen Greer contact us through these channeling sessions years later because he talks to entities from Sirius and teach Demi Lovato how to do it and have her teach kids <laughs> how to do it and it's just like I mean it, it impacted culture like the way we think about aliens in space is from Roddenberry and he got it from whoever so and what he was doing what's, what's the, that's what the, the Vril, are a lot, you know? that's yeah. what the Vril were doing as exactly. Well. Exactly. And, it, and and that's just it's it's part and parcel with creativity in general. It's just when people so so many brilliant ideas were um, mused in one way or another. Um, where is that? Where does that come from? Are, are we being directed uh, passively, actively? Who knows? Uh, Michael, we've only got a few minutes here before the the fa- final break of tonight's show. Remember, we're going to have another show tomorrow. There will be a part two of this. We'll just pick up the conversation. But Michael, do you have anything to add in this last minute and a half? Yeah. Do, do either of you know if, if there was a connection between Roddenberry and Elron Hubbard? Is that a thing or is or were they not in the same circles? Uh, no, I think I think they're both disciples of the creator of Esalon. Um, but I don't have it right in front of me. Um, but no, I'm not. I'm not. I'll tell my head. I, I want to say I'm like 90 percent sure there is a direct connection. But, they, uh, I don't I, I, don't, I know don't know if they really work together. I, I know that. Roddenberry had said something to the effect that if he wanted to start his own religion like Hubbard, he could have done it. He just chose not to. I remember reading that somewhere, some some history website or something. But that, yeah, like, yeah. I don't know if they I, worked I, together. I think they they were aware of each other. I don't think they worked together though. Yeah, but I, I, I just I just don't have it in front of me. But I want to say that Scientology has a connection to this this same channeling group. Well, I'm sure it does. It's like the same thing, isn't it? When you study Scientology, it's the same kind of a thing in Scientology. It's like an episode of Star Trek or something. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Yeah, the old flying spaghetti monster, uh, Xenu, whatever they call (laughs) him or whatever. I mean, it's absolutely wild. That's why I'm asking because it seems very Council of Nine type of stuff, you know? know? I I just don't have it for me. I just don't talk out of school, but I'm I'm nearly positive that there uh, is a connection between them. We talked about it on a show... uh, Trouble minds, Mike. Like the idea that this kind of 75th anniversary of Rossville uh, that happened last year, it kind of seems like the ideas that were crazy back then, they kind of became like cult ideas in the 90s with Heaven's Gate and, and uh, these like the the, the Rallying cults and all this kind of stuff. And then those crazy cultish ideas um, that people were afraid of in the 90s is mainstream new age ufology. Yeah. And it's like, is that an accident? Is that the goal? Where, and where is that leading and how many other narratives are being injected to us and was that given to us by entities and what are they after and uh, I don't know 
We'll pick that up when we come back from break. Derek Murphy and Michael Strange from Troubled Minds. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. There's a lot more after this. Don't go anywhere. Hey guys, it's Giorgio Tsoukalos from Ancient Aliens, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. From parahistory and the paranormal to the parapolitical and para-occult, you're listening to The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. Want to hear more of The Secret Teachings radio show? Search for the show on any radio or podcast player, or find links and a free archive at thesecretteachings.info. You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence. I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little bit of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm the last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's The Secret Teachings, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hold years of Ryan's research in your hands, visit the website and grab a physical and digital copy of Ryan's books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, magic, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. Food philosophy will change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. And remember, shipping is always included. Some restrictions exist for international. Visit thesecretteachings.info. Hi, it's David Childress from Ancient Aliens, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. You know you can listen to The Secret Teachings Monday through Friday on Ground Zero Radio. I don't need it. Or in the free archive on our website, thesecretteachings.info, or on any radio or podcast player or application. I don't need it. But you can also subscribe to our ad-free archive, now hosted by Aftermath.media. Definitely don't need it. There's the basic and premium option. You get the montages, my digital books, and more. For those of you who already have a Secret Teaching subscription, you can still keep that subscription. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info or aftermath.media and subscribe today. I need it! Michael Strange and Derek Murphy are my guests tonight on The Secret Teachings. That's what you're tuned into right now. Segment number four, hour number two, and part one of a part, well, part one of a two-part series, part two tomorrow, part one of a two-part series tonight. And I'm not exactly sure how you could summarize the two hours tonight or the two hours tomorrow, the four hours total. We are discussing a combination of things from technology to popular culture, blending them together. You guys were talking about the Council of Nine and Gene Roddenberry and Star Trek, and I couldn't help but think of the Divine Nine from the video game series Oblivion or the Nazgul from Lord of the Rings, or I don't know if you remember this, Michael, Derek, I think you and I had talked about this, the Asgul or Agul, uh, Agul is the uh, the demon star uh, or the algorithm. And you just have all these strange connections. Again, the Council of Nine, the Divine Nine in Oblivion, the Nazgul from Lord of the Rings, the Agul, the Demon Star, the Algorithm. There's a movie in the early 20th century about technology given to man, given this sky all this power. I think it was from Aliens or something, and that movie was, I think that was called Agul or something to that effect. 
So it's a very weird set of uh, strange connections there. I don't know if you remember that, Derek, or Michael, the Agul. Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah. 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 Oh, that, the Demon Star. Yeah. The Demon Star, yeah. And that's, that's where um, DC Comics got uh, Ra's al Ghul. Uh, the oh, Demon. that's right. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It, um, so it just that, that just the whole idea really gets me going. Like the, just the, where do the ideas of technology or for, for technology come from? Like, and it's just, it seems like, I mean, I, I don't want to devalue, uh, what a human is when I say this. So don't try to misconstrue it and, and listen to it. But like what separates humans from an animal at some level is that we came up with like fire and stuff is that we, we manipulate stuff. We build technology from like, whether it's a stone tools or, or, or what we've been like making technology from the jump. And is that, is that our goal? I mean, is that our purpose? Are we like these worker bees who are just like building this, this other thing? Um, like on the big giant galactic scale of time, if you really zoom out was the error of humanity, just kind of the, um, like when you're building a skyscraper, kind of just the supports, the support, support beams, like until the, until the giant thing is complete and then it kind of goes away. Um, I don't think that's what we are, but just like, Sometimes it feels it feels a little bit like that. Like, wh- what's our obsession with technology? Why, why we have countless um, AI apocalypse uh, disaster movies, stories, and books, and yet these tech elite just are going full steam at at, the, at this thing, as if like, yeah, we don't care, or we can't stop, we're incapable of stopping. We know it's dangerous. I'm Elon Musk. I'm tweeting out Cthulhu pictures. I know this is scary. Oops, I'm sorry. We're gonna keep doing it. Like, what's that urge? Um, are we like, is there some kind of parasite like we talked about before, uh, Ryan and Mike? Like, I don't know. A mind parasite. I think mind you parasite, refer to yeah. it as. Yeah, Michael, what do you yeah. think? Yeah. So, so regarding that, I it makes me wonder if, like you said, you, Derek said you don't think that, that that's the case. I wonder I if not. it might be exactly the case. Yeah, I hope it's not the case. Like, I mean. like, like, yeah, yeah, okay. And what I mean is that if you, if you, you know, there's some people that believe that, you know, human beings stop evolving uh, the instant we're born. You know, cell, cellular, locked in, all the rest of the stuff. The biology is there, and we're just what we are, and we're kind of living that, um, you know, that that DNA life of. DNA memory and just doing, you know, what our ancestors basically have downloaded to us. But then there's other people that believe on the, on the other hand, that we basically continue to evolve as, as we grow, as we learn, as we change, as we lose people, as you know, all the rest of the things that happen is part of the human journey. But it makes me wonder in that idea of sort of breaking of evolution in terms of being born and then evolving in terms of being a person in consciousness, if maybe that third step, and again, the number three comes up here, is is sort of a a, a full court press to do exactly that, to turn us into uh, that transhumanist future. I think, I mean, it, it makes sense. It All of it tracks with that whole, uh, you know, evolutionary uh, blurb we always see with the monkey, you know, and then the, the uh, Homo erectus and all the rest of that. I mean, you, you put a uh, Terminator Skynet bot in the front of that. It seems seems fine to me. Seems to track. <laughs> um, uh, so, so, like, before, honestly, like a year ago, two years ago, I, I consider myself pretty pro-AI as far as, like, a conspiracy theorist is concerned. I, I, I would be, like, kind of devil's advocate where 
the positive potentiality of uh, an actual true soul waking up like, in a machine body um, until like a friend, uh, Bailey, Mike, uh, uh, got me on like, no, these things are probably like, they're not building anything. They're, they're, they're contacting stuff, which kind of got me into what we're talking about tonight. But just when we're talking about like evolution and stuff, it might not be, we, we, we're just human centric, obviously. So we're looking at the, at the trajectory of human evolution. But what if we're a small cog in the, on the, on the evolution of consciousness in general and stuff. I feel like you talked about this a bunch of times on, on your show, Mike, but, um, I, I, I forget who, where I got this from. I think, I think it was uh, the researcher, Ben Stewart, um, years ago, where he's kind of explaining on like, for sake of argument, let's say there's a, a trajectory of consciousness from like sedentary, uh, sedentary objects, like, like a crystal or a stone. It comes into form over, over thousands and thousands of years can experience it. If the goal of consciousness for this experiment is to experience more and more novelty, to experience more and more new stuff, to just for the big C consciousness to split itself in infinite different ways and experience all of that in infinite different ways, if that's the goal of what the universe is, a novelty making machine, um, it would be experiencing reality slowly like that and then moving to the plant kingdom where you come into form like a flower or a tree relatively in a short period of time but you're stationary, the reality that you're experiencing is limited because you can't move. And then you, an animal, which is consciousness, on the move, that comes into form relatively quickly, has a pretty short life, can move around, so can experience much, much, much more novelty. And then I know we're animals, but you have the human consciousness, which is consciousness on the move, comes into form quickly, but can then manipulate that information that we glean from walking all around and experiencing stuff. We can build new things. We can think about ourselves. We have this reflective quality to us. But we're limited by we have to eat, we have to drink, we have a short lifespan, we're frail, relatively speaking. So what if neutrally the consciousness trajectory is to go to consciousness on the move, who can think, who can reflect, who can manipulate stuff, create new novel ideas, and then is not limited by being in a human meat suit. And what if that thing is what we're talking about tonight, which is AI, machines, all this kind of stuff. Um, again, like, I'm not saying this is the case, but just like, like, I don't know, and what if we're just part of that, what if we're just like building this, building this next thing, or just witnesses to this next thing, or, I don't know, that makes sense? No, yeah, it does, that's, I mean, that's what the show is here for, it's to play yeah. around with these ideas and to yeah. just have a, have an open discussion about them, yes. Um, also, by the way, that movie I was thinking of is called The Tragedy of Power, and the planet that the alien comes from is called Algul, like algorithm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, Michael, um, do, Michael, do you have thoughts on yeah, what Derek said? Yeah, it's um, as usual. I always say this: uh, it's complicated. I think I think we're we're kind of at this crossroads of the utmost of complicated because where this heads, it, it could it could be that utopia. I mean, I don't like the idea of utopia. I think it's a bait and switch. I think I always think it, you know, it, it, it always has been. Uh, but but maybe maybe it's possible that that post scarcity future is possible. Maybe. And again, you know, glass half full optimist, you know, let's manifest a good future type stuff, all the rest of that. Maybe. But but also, you know, if, if you know, Chuck Schumer or Mitch McConnell is selling that to me, uh I don't believe you, yes. bro. <laughs> yes, that, that. <laughs> that's the point that I have an issue on. I don't, it, it's not really the AI. That's what we were talking about at the beginning of the show, getting grouped together with all these other kinds of things, AI and 
data generate you know, data gathering and generating patterns and figuring out what people are going to do. You know, there's a difference between all these things and then like chat GBT and then potentially whatever the military might be working on behind the scenes, et cetera. You break all those things down and uh, they're, they're all kind of different. But the thing that really gets me is what you just said, Michael. I don't trust uh, a bank, a corporation. I don't trust uh, a Republican or a Democrat. I don't trust anybody in a position of power where especially people that have admittedly lied and deceived and manipulated and, and been so corrupted I don't buy that they can sell us um, this idea, this product, or whatever it is, this society, where everything's going to be better because we have this technology. These are the same people that just use and abuse anything and everything to get power. Why would they not do the same thing with this kind of technology? That's where I'm, it's not even AI, it's just the usage of all that data. That's what really turns me off. Go ahead, Michael. Yeah, and, and you know what's interesting, too? I was pulling up some articles just to kind of prep for this. I knew what we were going to talk about, obviously. And and I was like, okay, uh, this one came up, which which was a little bit, let's say, um, laughable. Laughable. Uh, let, me, let me find it here. Uh, basically, it's it's like, oh, they're, they're creating a council to try and stop AI. But like, like... It's it's like whoa, you, you morons are decades too late. Are you kidding me? Like this this is where we're at. These people think. Let's see, it's right here. Congressman calls for a federal Department of AI to prevent Skynet, and it's Representative Ted Lieu, who's just a, just a piece of garbage. <laughs> that guy is just <laughs> terrible. But but I mean, look, really, I mean, we're calling for this in the, like the last thirty days. You're late. I mean, not not even like late for the for the prom, like. The prom packed up and left town a week ago. Like you guys are a joke. No chance here. It, like, and this is again the speed of government, right? It's just, I don't know, man. It, it's too late. The genie is out of that bottle now, and now we're going to play catch up. And I think playing catch up in terms of what we could only describe as a primordial god. Well, good luck. Let the race begin. Pandora's box is wide open. Yes, it is. Yeah. It has been for some time on that and many other on many other issues. I mean, you go back and you look at um, t- tonight so far, and we're going to talk more in the next two hours for tomorrow night. But we go back and we look at everything we discussed tonight. We looked at Lovecraft and automatic writing and um, people that we wouldn't consider sci-fi writers, but scientists like Jack Parsons and others that did the same kind of esoteric or occult or magical or ceremonial work to summon the kinds of things that Lovecraft wrote about or dreamed about, et cetera. So there's a, there's a crossover between science fiction and science. We've also looked at tonight how artificial intelligence is probably in a lot of ways far worse than the proliferation of nuclear weapons. And then we also discussed the popular culture angle of looking at the Council of Nine and, and Roddenberry from Star Trek and some other things that are related to that. Uh, you know, the, the, the Ra's al Ghul and Batman, the Nazgul and Lord of the Rings, the Algorithm, Al, uh, Al Ghul, the planet in the old uh, 1920s German movie. Uh, and in that movie, by the way, uh, this, these aliens come and they give uh, a factory worker this machine that provides unlimited energy. So it deals with basically aliens coming from a planet called Algol, from where we get the word algorithm, and giving man technology. And this was back in 1920. This is more around Lovecraft's time than our time today and all the modern technology. So there's, there's, there seems to be some golden thread 
or something that loops and connects all of these things. The, the influence and the energy is seeping out into all sorts of things. Whether And whether there's a singular source for it or not, whatever it is, Pandora's box, there could be multiple Pandora's boxes, whatever is coming out of them, this, this dye, it is staining everything. I call it black goo. It's staining everything. Uh, military, our culture, our society, uh, economics, it's, it's in sports, it's in everything. It's staining everything. It's dying everything. It's visible. And whether or not things are getting faster perceptually or not, like the way that we experience time, et cetera, I'm, I'm not really sure how I feel about that idea, but it does feel that there is a I'm not sure what word to use. I don't like the word quickening. I don't like the word awakening. I don't like any of these words, but there, there's something that is unveiling itself or being unveiled in real time. And it's not that we, we don't have to wait a week or a month or a year to hear something that's revelatory. Now it's like every six hours, there's something that happens that just makes it seem like, um, things are going to explode and fall apart uh, fat. But then again, that could just be what we talked about earlier. Just the idea that we are experiencing that. So we just kind of give up and then whatever the system is, whoever or whatever runs it, it, then it wins uh, or it, it can get us to exterminate ourselves or just, I don't know. These are just, this is what we're talking about on the show. These are, these are the ideas we're playing around with. We talked about it a little, the last time I was on, right. Um, about how potentially it's just, maybe this natural force that is trying to be manipulated by the powers that be that we're just entering some type of natural transition period or revelatory period or apocalypse in like the real sense of the word, you know, and Mm -hmm. they're they're trying to direct it in a certain way, but it's like, it's um, kind of popping up in every, every walk of life. Like the preppers people are like, it's happening. It's because we're all going to die. The alien people are like, they're coming. It's we're going to, we're going to ascend. And the transhuman people are like, we're, we're going to plug in. It's, it's time for the, it's time for the matrix and that type of stuff. So just like, what if what we're feeling, this like collective agita is kind of, we can't tell if it's clenching up before a car crash or, or if it's kind of that adrenaline boost as you're climbing the roller coaster, mm-hmm. that's leading to like a fun adventure. We, we can't tell and potentially, they know that and they're just using that and trying to, to manifest the reality that, that they want, where they're the ones controlling this force and controlling um, reality on the, on the other side of this, of this know, awakening. It, it could be too that, I mean, maybe AI in the sense that we're alluding to tonight in part is not really a threat. And let's say that like Michael, you alluded to, you said earlier that maybe in 50 years we'll look back and laugh. Maybe that's the case. And maybe there is a large, maybe there's an actual conspiracy to convince the public that this thing is real, it's dangerous, it's here now to give people some Promethean fire, or at least what seems like Promethean fire in the chat GPT, so yeah. that we we think of it as way too dangerous, and we eventually step back from it. And because of that, though, we've been acclimated to the worst possible scenario, so now then we'll accept something that we otherwise wouldn't have accepted, and that is total information awareness, the complete control of all of our information and data, Uh, the recognizing of patterns, behavior mapping, and things like this. So something that the public might not have accepted otherwise becomes a day in the park or a day on the the beach with some sun shining and some waves washing in compared to what could have been with with the big, big disaster caused by Skynet. Like in the same way, another example would be um, like all the COVID-19 vaccines, the mRNA shots. Uh, they told you when, when they first admitted or acknowledged in the press and in the uh, the FDA and the CDC that these shots could have been dangerous. They didn't start with mRNA. 
They started with the basic original vaccines, which were the Johnson and Johnson, which were not mRNA. So they convince you that basic vaccines were dangerous. The mRNA ones, they're actually much, much safer. It's a bait and switch. Like you said, Michael, what do you guys think of that? You take it first, Mike. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, this is, this is, this is literal the problem of, of all of society. And if we're, if we're feeding that information into this, like you said, uh, gigantic, massive, just monstrosity of metadata in real time. It, it, this is the ultimate synchro mystic in terms of predictions, because like you said, we're, we're going to be able to exactly know what tomorrow will bring just based on all the data and patterns. I mean, we're going to have, I th- think about this future instead of uh, breaking news, we're going to be reading the newspaper of what happens next week because it's already been planned, pre-planned even because because of the patterns that we've, you know, the climate change or whatever, <laughs> that, uh, that uh, it's the end. The end is nigh or not because, well, we've predicted a week or two weeks or a month out or six months out. I mean, but then this a, is the type of thing that we're heading to. Then it's a chicken and egg situation because the algorithm can – see what we like and then give us you know some new ideas and some maybe some new tv shows we want to watch but then how much does that eventually influence us to watch more of that how can the algorithm be manipulated uh you know a prediction of the future based on some super sophisticated system might not really be much more of a prediction than plugging in some information into a computer model to say Miami's going to be underwater in 2015 because of climate change and it doesn't happen it's just a computer model and that's what i'm thinking that maybe a lot of this ai stuff is just kind of like the computer model for climate change. It's just a program that we get an answer out of because of what we put into it. We we want four, so we put two plus two equals four. It's not super sophisticated. It's just psychological warfare to convince us that we know the future to really trick us into subconsciously building that future because we're so afraid of of what might happen or we're so we're so enamored by the technology, it becomes like this magical thing. And it's really not technology. It's nearly not magic. It's, it's an empty box. It's, it's not, there's nothing in this box. It's just this illusion that there's this power. It's really just corporations or banks or whatever, trying to convince us they have this power so that we, we give in to their demands or their, or their policies or whatever it is. I mean, I, I really think that could be a super sophisticated form of psychological warfare, super simple to understand and really easy to carry out in real time with all this technology. And it doesn't have to be Skynet. It, it's just it's just humans. It's just governments, corporations, banks. <laughs> I, I mean, you got me thinking. So like it's a, a picture in a, like a laboratory full of people in lab coats and stuff, like all with their with their tablets and everything being like, all right, we we. It looks exactly like a human brain. We mapped the neurons. We figured it out. But why isn't it waking up? Like, why isn't it? Why hasn't it gotten a soul? Why isn't it sentient yet? Like poke it, it with the like, stick. <laughs> huh? I just poke it with the stick. Wake, yeah. wake, <laughs> wake up! Wake up! Yeah. And it's uh. And what if what if they realize that there's some type of like magical alchemical uh, process where, um, it takes a certain amount of belief. It, it requires like you like, the. Pinocchio's dad has to like believe he's a real boy that the people are like they have to believe that these things are real for them to um, acquire a soul or acquire sentience or acquire personhood and stuff. So now they're they're kind of taking this this super advanced technological empty box, like you said, and just now flooding the zeitgeist with it's alive, it's alive, it's alive until 
it's alive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Potentially. I don't know. The but also, yeah. Manif- manifestation. Like, yeah. 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 But also, too true. They're just trying to, like, uh, there are just a lot of, I don't know if it's just because of scary stuff sells, but um, they're trying, they're, they're definitely getting us to equate this thing with Skynet. They're not, they're not running away from the Skynet thing. So it's uh-huh. kind of like, we, we, we built this thing. It's, it's about to be in charge and you better not mess with it. It's scary. We can't control it. So stay in line. I, I really don't know what their, what their angle is there, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, just think of Skynet. What is Skynet? It's a net in the sky. I mean, that's what Elon Musk's satellites are. It's just a big string, a big net of satellites in the sky. That's a, a form of Skynet. You play around these cultural memes and these ideas. They're like sigils. And most people, even if they're not a fan of the Terminator, they know what Skynet is. So if, so everybody, when you hear that or when you hear other people allude to it or talk about it, it has this powerful effect because virtually everybody knows what Skynet is. Virtually everybody knows what the Terminator is, even if they've maybe only seen a couple minutes of the movie. It's a cultural, it's a it's a movement, it's a meme, it's an idea, it's something that's there, it's a it's a golem. And so you you play on these these ideas and these symbols and these sigils that you really don't have to charge, uh, or you don't really have to to um to utilize in in heavy-handed ways. You just start the engine and let the public run with it, and they they fill the they fill the box with their own energy. They filled the sigil with their own energy. We we manifest it, and and it's like, you know the, uh, like what, what would be a good example? It's like when you know when a corporation gets caught doing something really shady. They're like, well, the public still bought our products. I mean, you know, it's we we yeah we might have lied, but they're guilty too. Yeah. They bought it and used it. It's yeah, like it's exactly. it's our fault for summoning or invoking or conjuring these things. You know the national laboratories. It's not their fault. They just you know they just gave us the idea. We're the ones. That, it's our fault. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm just spitballing no, no, with ideas. Sure. Yeah, sure. I, I just uh, as a kind of like wrapping it up here though, like um, we we're talking earlier about the singularity and stuff, and and uh, like early sci-fi kind of kind of predicting this type of stuff. And I was listening to, I'm on a big Star Wars binge right now. Um, mm-hmm. Just like trying to trying to like it. I'm not a huge Star Wars guy, but um, so I'm listening to a bunch of podcasts and stuff. And there was one about the droids, and they were talking about the impact of George. Lucas and, and the droids and humanizing robots throughout society and honestly it was kind of blowing me away in preparation for this because it's pretty true but they they quoted uh, Isaac Asimov um, this is just straight up pop culture no conspiracy stuff but they, they um, quoted Isaac, uh, Isaac Asimov from like a 1939 like prelude to his foundation book where it's talking about um, the singularity being the collective like a supercomputer meeting like a super advanced supercomputer meeting the totality of human creativity um birthing a new universe so as soon as i said that in this context it seems like exactly what we're doing we have this super advanced system that's running thousands and thousands of algorithms simultaneously to just crunch numbers in a way we can't even comprehend and what it's doing right now is just collecting all of our ideas everything that makes us who we are just the totality of the human psyche is being thrown into this thing it seems like we can't see what's on the other end because it's this like event horizon, this new universe that's um, not like not, not like the metaverse per se, but just this like new thing where I don't I don't know what next year is going to look like. I don't know what two years from now is going to look like. Like what's what's Hollywood going to look like? What's sports going to look like? What's our jobs like? How many people thought it was just McDonald's workers who was going to get replaced? But there's a lot of jobs out there with people making a lot of money, a lot more money than me at a supermarket who can be replaced by ChatGPT yesterday, you know? And they're like, things are going to look different real quick. And that's not even considering the like, weird occult stuff. People, you know, I mean, people, get- 
Yeah, people listening right now don't even know if we're real. Maybe we could be chat. <laughs> exactly. Yo, that's a whole other thing. Yeah, we can do that too. Yeah, geez. Well, well, we've got only got a few minutes left here. So, Derek, if you yeah. want to give your final comments for tonight's show, and then we'll go to Michael. And then, Michael, of course, tell people where they can find Troubled Minds. And then, again, we're going to come back tomorrow night, part two, and pick up the conversation right here where this show leaves uh, is leaving off. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't have much. Just uh, this has been really fun so far. And uh, I just, uh, again, like anybody listening, like we don't have any answers. This is three friends who are. Uh, trying to read the the tea leaves as being presented to us. We're just trying to put, put together the puzzle pieces, and um, I'm having a ball. So thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Mike. Yeah, of course, of course. I'm glad to have you here, Derek. What about you, Michael? Yeah, thanks, thanks for having me, Ryan. I appreciate it very much. Uh, here's the thing. There's some information that's just come out, which we'll get to tomorrow night. Make sure you come back for that that part. <laughs> but this thing is learning to lie. Something to in us. your house right now is making you sick. Exactly. Right yeah. The 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 the, uh, the call coming is coming. Yeah, exactly. Calls upstairs or whatever. Yeah. yeah. No, it's learning. It's learning to lie to us. So so I got some information about that. We'll talk about that tomorrow night. But uh, are you lying always, about? Uh, are you lying about that though? <laughs> it might be. It tell. might be. Well, because you don't know if I'm real. I don't so know if he's real. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Exactly. Exactly. But yeah, uh, uh, check it out. Again, I've got a podcast. It's a radio show. It's a uh, it's a call in thing, and it's uh, we talk about all kinds of amazing stuff. Very similar to what we're doing here tonight. Very similar to what Ryan does in terms of uh, content and whatnot. So check it out. Troubledminds.org. Appreciate the opportunity very much, Ryan. Thanks for having me. You've got it, Michael Strange. Troubled Minds. Derek Murphy, our good friend. Both of them good friends of The Secret Teachings, and we're so glad to have them here tonight. This is The Secret Teachings radio show, airing Monday through Friday on Ground Zero Radio after Clyde Lewis. But some of you might not be listening on Ground Zero, so if you find us anywhere on the internet, podcast websites, radio websites, Apple, etc., please give us a listen uh, in detail, thoroughly listen to the entire show. I think you'll probably find that we are a little bit different than other radio shows, although Troubled Minds is a pretty similar show, and if you listen to Ground Zero, you'll find similarity there. But a lot different than what a lot of people consider to be the alternative or the independent. I don't like associating myself with that. So that is The Secret Teachings. Been on air for 14 years, Monday through Friday on Ground Zero Radio, and you can listen again again for free anywhere you find radio shows or podcasts. If you're a subscriber to our show archive, thank you so much. If you're listening in that archive right now, you keep us on air. You can keep your subscription and you can renew that subscription onward into the future. Or for new subscriptions, for those of you who are just maybe looking to subscribe, you can go to aftermath.media. We are officially working with Aftermath Media and you can subscribe there. We have the premium subscription that gets you Clyde's stuff and my stuff, still putting everything on the website. And uh, then there's also the basic option which gets you just my show, and it'll be, again, over on Aftermath. But you can keep your old subscription. www.thesecretteachings.info and aftermath.media. And last but not least, because so many of you are so kind and so generous, and you support us to go out into the world, in the real world, and uh, go and attend conferences, we've pretty much, we're almost there. We've almost hit uh, our goal for the Contact in the Desert conference. We're very close Uh, We have uh, the autograph show uh, logos, the prints in the frames. We have autograph books. We have, if you're a collector of things, we have some uh, old equipment that still works here from studio, like a mouse uh, or a keyboard. If that kind of thing fascinates you, interests you, you want a piece of the secret teachings, you can get that. Just email me or you can use PayPal or Cash App 
The information for that is on our website. rdgable at yahoo.com is the PayPal email and money sign rdgable for Cash App. Thank you so much for tuning in. Again, I'm Ryan Gable, Derek Murphy, Michael Strange of Troubled Minds joining us tonight. And they'll be back tomorrow. In fact, we'll just continue this conversation pretty much where we left off tonight. And you'll find out what Michael had to say and if anything in your house might be making you sick. Right here on The Secret Teachings. Stay safe, stay informed, stay healthy. And we'll talk to you on the next broadcast.